I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 mama. Interesting, cool, South African, relevant yeah. content yeah. Um, on where we were at. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. And the mama's a Jesus. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. You're in another zone, but you're totally out of the twilight. Mama. 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 Hey, and welcome back to MWA, and you're with Kat. And Dee. So, how are things? Holiday season? Oh my goodness. I can't believe it's the end of the year. I know, right? It's actually quite ridiculous. I feel like this year has really just flown past in every single way. And it's been quite a brutal year for most Mm. people that I know. Mm. Yeah, so everyone's like, I Mm. can't wait for 2019 to end. But I just feel like it's such a weird thing to say because we all know that 2020 will probably be brutal in its own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I thought, okay, so Dee and I were thinking that we were going to use this episode as an opportunity to like have a reflection on the year that's gone past one from a podcast perspective but two from a personal perspective and just really think about like what our highlights have been personally and with regards to the podcast and I have to admit the podcast just in general for me has been a massive highlight in my year yeah it's been so fun we've totally like managed to keep it going for the most most part I know not consistently either we're well aware of that but I think also people understand that lives are manic and people are busy and Mm. you know but it has been so much mm. fun. And actually, I can't think of been. a pit with regards to the, the podcast. Most no. It's all been fun for me. Absolutely. And all been a learning experience. Totally. Yeah. yeah. The arrangements can be a little bit chaotic. And for those of you listening, Kathleen often texts me at like six, five, six in the morning going, you haven't done this. You haven't done this. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of keep each other. Um, <laughs> Yeah, kind of on our toes and yeah, but it's totally a labor of love. I wouldn't even say it's labor as such. It's like, it's such a, it's a joyful thing for us to do. And I think in a time where, you know, you really have to be intentional, intentional about joy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I feel like it's a joyful celebration and I feel like it's an element of my self-care in a way. Totally. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a really safe space for me, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I really hope that that that's kind of mirrored back for the listeners Mm. um, and that you get that sense from us. Um, We really do think quite deeply about mothering or the project of mothering just in general and thinking about things quite deeply within like, as you say, sending each other these weird messages (laughs) at like odd hours of the day Mm. around like, don't you think that this would be an interesting conversation for MWA, you know, and then like find the person or are inspired by the person to then have that kind of conversation that then ensues. Absolutely. So I know that it's like higgledy-piggledy and all over the place because I was thinking about it, there's no like chronological order Mm. it's not like we're sticking with only young babies it's not like we're only informative around like i don't know nutrition schooling whatever that is Mm. um sometimes the conversations are a lot deeper but i think that that higgledy piggledyness is part of that celebration part Mm. of that joy and also a reflection of motherhood too you're right there's no very much so Mm. There's no order, but there is a shitload that gets done. Mm. And I think in reflecting on this year, so last year, something I had to do for work, actually, um, 
long story, but it's an issue of long probation in academia, da 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 da. And you have to do this kind of formal reflection on what you've done. Yeah. Have you met your various goals? I suppose, like in corporate, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are other ways or similar ways of doing it, but this is specifically for probation. And so, in some ways, it does feel. You know, like you really are being surveilled. You know, if you haven't done this thing, mm-hmm. are you going to now lose your position, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I remember speaking with older colleagues uh, at the time. So this would have been at the beginning of 2019 and them kind of calming me down in what I'm actually trying to get to is to say in the way that kind of older moms calm yeah. down, younger moms going, it'll really be fine. Actually, this is a really great opportunity. This is why. And so, you know, so I think we're also hoping that in some ways, because in doing that assessment of self, I am forced to really think about what is it that I've done? And when I look back, I, I've, I've dug deep. I've, you know, I feel like there's stuff that I can be proud of as a person. But also, obviously, I put down the work capacity things for work, right? Sure. But in doing that, because you're going through the months, so you're sure. also like, oh, okay, I was, was doing this. Yes, but also I was trying to find a new school for Tao and I was like making calls, asking questions, going to see schools, which for many of you who've had to uh, do this, whether for nursery school or for primary school, it's 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 grueling and it's really grueling yeah because you're also perpetually reflecting on yourself as a family dynamic and what works for the family your child the child's personality your Mm -hmm. child's needs it's like there's a hundred of different factors at any given point at play with that conversation yes you're having to like make sense of and you're having to make sense of it and so yeah so i guess just to say it's kind of nice to you know just take a moment and and really take stock and not take stock in a way where it's like this kind of like a performance you know like a performance bonus for example like you've done well you get a cookie (laughs) it's like i've i've done these things and i've i've had to be deliberate about some of it and there's a lot of intention that goes into i think how we matter i think and it's nice to see it's nice to Mm. see in oneself because we don't get things like 100 percent right but it's nice to see in oneself it's nice to see in each other it's nice Mm. to see in you cat um you've like you know sashayed your way into having a second um in such a graceful fashion i always feel like it's graceful of course not but you're like beautifully put together guys just so y'all know this one is sitting here in a wrap skirt rust colored for your imagination <laughs> with the matching orange tinged uh, lip gloss stick vibes just so put together i'm here literally in like fuck this is getting embarrassing maybe four and a half year old maternity tights kathleen literally just poked my leg and I was like oh my god is that a hole I'm sorry Kathleen no but let's balance that shit out with your lashes that are on motherfucking point thanks Thanks, we Kathleen. pull it together where we can, right? And our Thanks, nails Kathleen. that are on point as well with Thanks, your like Kathleen. fuchsia pink and blue tips, guys. We say no games. We'll drop hashtags. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love it so much. No, but uh, that being said, putting some level of effort into I mean, myself. Handles, not hashtags. Shit. Okay. Yes. <laughs> she shouldn't have gone, gone back to it. It's fine. I could have kept it moving. <laughs> it's fine anyway. Um, no, but having putting some level of effort into what you're wearing and how you look makes me feel 
emotionally like I'm more in control of my life than I actually I really that. am. So I hear that. <laughs> I totally do. Yeah. And for those of you who've never tried that, you really <laughs> should do. It is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, Dee and I can have like long ass conversations about like a dress or local oh designers or people who we're particularly interested in, bloggers who we're following, Instagram models or schmodels who like just give us all the life. So, totally. you know, like I think it's I think it's very much a big part of my DNA. I totally. love it. Yeah. Yes. And in fact, when my great great grandmother, this is a complete like tangent, but it's fine. When my great grandmother moved in with my grandmother. Uh, this is on my maternal side. Mm. So she moves in and my great-grandmother was always this, like she's an Afrikaans woman, but she was mm. always like so well put together, yes. right? So I don't think I'd ever seen her without makeup until oh, she was wow. much older. Okay. Whenever you went to go visit, even if she, and she was a stay-at-home mom, yes. she was like decked out, like sure, we're talking sure, sure. all the costume jewelry, like not super wow. expensive stuff, but yeah. like cute little bags, yes. always wearing little heels. Granted, they were block heels, but you know, no. now we understand why, totally. all of us. <laughs> Um, and I just was always, always wore paint, pantyhose, even in summer. Oh, wow. So when she moved in, there, she had like the slew of bags that she was just like not using and not mm. interested in anymore because she was just like, I mean, I'm old now. I don't really don't need all of these things. Mm. Babes, I was 16 at the time. I was like, I will take this one and this one and this one. And I still have them and I still love them. And these these little clutch purses. So I really feel like even though it skipped two generations, because my grandmother and my mother are not the most put together people. Oh, wow. I love you both. But they're not. <laughs> I feel like it's like a, 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 like a historical thing for me. Where I'm like, yes, I would do my great grandmother's very proud, you know, by being you this person. so funny. Okay. But anyway, so needless anyway. to say, to get back onto the MWA track. So one of the things that I really enjoy talking about, because I think that this is something that we are really struggling with as a generation, is mm. heterosexual relationships, Derelene Marco. Mm. <laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> mm. and, um, and basically, how do you have a relationship and make it work with a, with a baby or a, sure. a child? Mm. And the reason why I say that is because I read a quote recently um, nothing that will surprise anyone who is in a heterosexual relationship and has mm. a child is um, if you want to throw a bomb into your relationship, have a baby. Mm. And I was like, fuck me, me yeah. that is the truth, right? Um, so yeah. I, anyway, so wh why I'm bringing this up is because I know we touched on it quite a bit with Lynn and then with Nokolinda. And then sure. it kind of fell off when we were talking about like birth with doulas yes, and yes. postpartum care and all of those other really important conversations, but yeah. we didn't really speak a little bit more around that. So that's something that I thought we could maybe spend some time totally. on like, talking about. Yeah. And I also think, um, so the other thing we were thinking would be really nice to chat about um, in this final episode for the year is just, and it really feeds in very nicely, is stuff around the holidays, right? And yeah. how one makes decisions and what kind of rituals we value and why and just to have a bit of a conversation but also uh and this is why i'm saying these things are really not they're not separate topics right because if you're in a heterosexual relationship and even if you're even if you're in a same-sex relationship i've had same-sex friends who are in relationships say to me that they are because of how society works they are these the impositions of heteronormativity are more pervasive mm -hmm. than we think mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. So there are these very kind of popular conversations going around accompanied by hashtags like men are trash where, you know, women are like, 
you know, men are trash and, and just use it like bandy the slogan about, right? But when it really comes down to it and you really like start unpacking, okay, what is it that we're actually dealing with here? And when I think we do those things in our homes, right? You do those things when you are shits popping off, but you still have to come home and share a house with this person. Wake up with them the next morning. Wake up with them the next morning. Cook them a meal. Cook them a meal. And so, I mean, Kath and I have had... very different experiences i um i was married which i I don't know if we've really spoken about this that much on the on the um, show but i was married for maybe two years of which a lot of it was not in the same place um you both were not in the same place yeah we we mean that in terms of geography yes yes (laughs) not like (laughs) mentally i mean although that too or psychologically Anyway, yes, <laughs> geographically, we were not in the same place. Actually, for a large portion of the relationship in general. I mean, yeah. as a last hurrah, we had a wedding like fuckwits. <laughs> anyway. It was beautiful and you looked beautiful. It, it was beautiful. And thanks. I was so cute. You were so cute. Oh, my God. You were amazing. Thank you. And, but... <laughs> Okay, let's just take like two steps to the side quickly. Red Table Talk, which the last one for the year, I listened to it earlier today. I and yes. Jada was saying, because someone, anyways, they were doing a thing around where, where people could send in questions, right? And ask them different things. Yeah. And there was something, oh, something about marriage. And um, a bestie sent a question saying, my bestie and her partner want to get married, but they want to have this huge, huge, elaborate thing. And da da da. And I mean, our thing wasn't huge in that way but still Jada's answer was and I just I was like wow that's really amazing she was saying where was Jada five years ago where was Jada (laughs) that should be a hashtag guys oh my god it totally should hashtag where was Jada yes okay yes anyway okay okay so Jada says she feels that people of this generation are quick to want a beautiful, fabulous wedding, whatever that looks like, right? So even if that means, whether that means, you know, renting a hall and buying a fancy dress or renting a whatever, wine estate, whatever that might be, or whatever it is, right? Some elaborate kind of celebration of your love. And she was saying, actually, y'all need to wait like 20 years and then you can gift yourselves with something that exciting. Right. 20 years after, still be together, still want to look at each other, and I still want to wake up with each other in the morning. Yes. Hey, and ain't that the damn. And she was like, this is why she didn't want a wedding, because she was like, she knew from the jump, a marriage is not a wedding. Yeah, 100%. And actually, that shit is a lot. It's grueling. Yeah. As you know, we got married, and then we got divorced. And with... um, That was like a year after Tao's life, but we basically had not lived together for a while for 18 months or whatever yeah yeah and so i mean so that's a very difficult time for you like so difficult being pregnant being geographically away from your partner then coming back and then still not being together sure yeah what are you doing Oh my goodness, your thumb is gone. Do you have to do that? Bag. 
At school. By who? With who? Uh, with my teacher. That's such a clever trick. You make your thumb disappear. Even Amul thinks it's amazing. For those of you who have been pregnant, you're you're almost like the most clear version of yourself, but you're not a version that actually works for uh, heteropatriarchy. Or the world that we live in, in any or the way, world shape. That we Capitalism, live in. anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're very clear about what you want. There's certain things that your body is viscerally rejecting or wanting. Your emotions are, are clear, although mm. what in our what in kind of today's parlance just appears to be messy. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're not put together, yeah. you're not coherent in ways that are sellable. Yeah. Rational. Rational, beautiful. Articulate. Yeah. Yeah. So I And that's why it's it, often called like a creative time. Yes. Right? Because here you are like I don't know, doing whatever the fuck is your version of creativity totally. in, an, in an attempt to try and get what it is that you're feeling out, mm. but you can't like, and even I remember feeling like pregnancy both mm. times, mm. words fail. Words fail. And only other people who unfortunately have been pregnant really fundamentally get it. Mm. I hate to say it, and it's not an exclusionary thing, but mm. like, I, I really, really like, mm. you know. Mm. And I also think, and Kath and I have spoken about this a lot, that, um, it really helps to be living in the same place as a partner when you're pregnant. Yeah. Because in some ways, the geographical boundedness of you both, that's where you live. There's not much you can do about it. Well, you can, but it's going to take a lot more effort perhaps yeah. than either of you have capacity for. I think it helps because, you know, there's a predictability and a steadiness about the everyday that I think is just necessary in a time like this where men and, and women and anchoring mm. where, you know, two partners who are going through this thing very, very differently are having to just be. So mm. when you do look up eventually, you know, as you've said, you, you, you can find each other, but you need to have the patience to ride the various waves mm. that that comes with. So for me, having had those conversations about partnerships, relationships much earlier in the year, those things have been very interesting to kind of swing back to now for myself because I am in a different partnership now, have mm. been for a while actually. Mm. And incidentally for my sins, also long distance, although not as dramatically distant as sure. my previous relationship. Sure. I mean, you and I both have friends who do this triangulated co-parenting thing and it's a lot and it is exceptionally a lot over this kind of period where it's holidays sure. you you know i still definitely struggle a lot with is Tao actually seeing his dad enough and sure. is that my responsibility to facilitate sure. right sure. and i know that families who are all in the same home also have their challenges right and and obviously couples who live in the same home have their challenges those are kinds of the things that i've been thinking about a lot in relation to this kind of highlight around highlight within the podcast around a, like frank conversations about relationships sure. about how they work with children so can i ask you know? do you and obviously if you don't feel comfortable don't just like let's leave the question but yeah. do you do you feel like it is your responsibility to facilitate that for Tao? Um, and if so, to what degree? You know, for a while, I kind of vacillated. Is it vacillated or oscillated? Vacillated. Fuck, use them interchangeably, I do. All right. Um, <laughs> 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 
between feeling like I needed to create that space and I needed to not only facilitate it, but facilitate the space, but also sometimes be a part of it, right? And I was very uh, taken by, I can't remember which one of the presenters on uh, Cool Moms, yeah. which is also a, a cool podcast, which I think amazing. we've spoken about. Yeah, amazing podcast. Before, um, yeah, one of the hosts on that show was saying that her and her ex-partner Partner at the time yeah yeah they baby were daddy. Yeah. exactly baby daddy and they were still doing things together with their child and that there were some kind of dates that were the three of them there were some that were just dad and child and some that were just mom and child and however the living arrangements work obviously and I was very struck by that because um, having come from a divorced home myself where honestly none of it worked with a plan I, I wasn't really sure how to do it but I I feel like some of it is mine also we don't live in the same city and there are financial issues around how we get to where his dad lives and how his dad gets to where we live so things around like a basic parenting plan or like friends of ours do it one week with mom sure. one week with dad or split the week sure. right those things aren't possible for us yeah. Tao has essentially never lived in a day-to-day -day fashion with his father Absolutely, yeah. and that does make me a little bit sad because I think that I think it must make his father a bit sad too mm -hmm. but it is not my role to figure out his emotions on this matter and it's really, it's a lot for me to, to say that, actually, sure. to say that out loud. Because, sure. because I think moms hold a lot of guilt for mm. how households run. Um, even households where dads are in the house, I think moms still have to make those special things happen. Mm. And have to create space for men, essentially. Absolutely. So, um, and in a way, yeah. also, sorry, just to stop and say, no. and this is not um, in any way an, an indictment on on where you're at or, or the people within your dynamic but I also think it's that men often can't do those things themselves absolutely you know so and that's the difficulty is that like so you can let it all go to shit and then you are perpetually thinking um one we've been like kind of brought up and embedded within a patriarchal way of, of like mm. fixing 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 nurturing nurturing whatever absolutely um but two you're also thinking then about your kid and like yeah. fundamentally what that would look like for your child you yes. know yeah. So, so much as you compensate for. Babe, mm. all the time. All yeah. the time. So, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on there. What do you think? Like, from your perspective, how much of that do you do? Where are you guys at? Um, so has, having, sorry, has having had Amu been, as Nokolinda said to us that day, with each one you hit, rock we just bottom. spoke about this, yeah, mm. you hit rock bottom, but also, you then learn after a while, rock bottom is too distressing for everyone. So there's only one thing we can do, which is pull ourselves together. Exactly. So I think what's been fascinating for me is that I honestly thought, I mean, by the time we had fallen pregnant with Amo, we were going into our, the following year would be our 10th year together, and we would be mm -hmm. married for five, mm -hmm. and we've been, by and large, quite stable with each other. I mean, granted, sure. there's been ups and downs, but like every couple has them. Um, and I just was under the impression, very naively so, that, okay, we've done the really, really hard bit around like sure. 
having Atani figuring out each other as parents, figuring out each other as now we're we're a family, not a couple. What does that look like? And I was under the assumption that like we're good to go. This is going to be amazing. It's mm. going to be so beautiful and only beautiful and there'll mm. be nothing that's mm. hard about it, right? Mm. And the hard stuff I then imagined would be other stuff like we sold out our smaller home, bought a bigger home, renovated mm. said bigger home. Mm. I was imagining going into this year that those were going to be the things that were difficult. Like, oh, we, we, we really should have the home done by the time we give birth to Amo. Like, you know, like that kind of like just weird shit like that's more project managing mm. and not necessarily looking at the deeply emotional stuff. Mm, mm. And I have to say, I think that this has been the most challenging year of our relationship. Yeah. Mm. I think that Joey and I have been, I think we have seen each other in a completely new light. Mm. Um, and in a way where like, it feels like the veneer keeps coming off. Sure. And I, sure. it's weird for me that like 10 years in, your veneer is still, used, it's like an onion, right? So Incredible. like at what point do we get to like a place where we, okay, we've seen it all. We're like Jada and Will, we're happy now. We love each other unconditionally. Mm. And I know that for both him and I, that there was a point in the year that we thought, okay, we're heading for a split. Mm. And I think you're right. I think that things like houses, day-to-day -day life, routines, habits, weird rituals keep a couple together and i remember saying to to joey at the time mm. we don't have to stay together for the house you know mm. um maybe no what did i say I said something along the lines of maybe we stayed together for the house like dramatically one sure. evening and he then said to me i hear you but is that necessarily a bad thing mm. in this point in time if this is what's anchoring us to each other is that necessarily a bad thing? And then we'll, we'll like flail around for a while mm. and then finally stop flailing mm. and come back to each other mm. and be like, okay, do, is this still the person mm. when the dust settles, you know, when, mm. the, when, when the dust settles a little bit. So I think, I think, I don't know, I was saying to Joey recently, I feel like I've stopped getting to a place where, I, or I stop myself from getting to a place where I say, this is my guy and I know him. I think what, has, what the last year has taught me mm. is that he is in a constant process of evolution and I want that for him. And mostly it benefits me because then we are stimulated by each other and interested in each other and all the rest. Yeah. But it is also a scary place to be because you don't also know there will be changes that will happen that are not great for me. In the, like his individual changes that are not great for me mm. and my individual changes that are not great for him. Mm. And I think that it's just about, I, 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 in a weird way, you're planning this future with this person and you're looking into your lives in 20, 30 years time and making decisions now that impact those 20, 30 years later. But at the same time, it's about holding that love quite loosely. And, I, yes. and that's a balance that I think we always have to come back to learning perpetually, right? Mm. Holding the person loosely. Like you expect specific things from them, but also if they don't live up to all of those expectations, it's impossible to live up to all of those expectations all the time if you're, mm. if you're saying you want to wake up to this person in 30 years, mm. you know? And in a way it's about, I think... The difficulty is also for me it requires such a level of like self-reliance yeah and i feel like i maybe had lost that where i was in a in a much more codependent relationship sure, sure, than sure. what i would have liked to have admit, admitted mm -hmm. and when i say that i mean like codependent not just on on a dual income or not just a dual income household but yeah. it's also stuff like 
I want him to make me feel better about, or I want him to heal X about me. And those things are problematic, you know? Mm. And very often it's about a shifting uh, that accountability. And also like, yeah, I think, I think this year has been like just a huge lesson Mm. for me. Mm. Um, And it's not a lesson that I think one can always just hold on to. I also think it's a lesson that we have to go through real dark times periodically, cyclically, Mm. you know, Mm. um, to relearn and re-figure out about ourselves and each other. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. It's like that Rumi quote, just what you said now about loving loosely or loving each other loosely. Um, And the quote is, let there be space in our togetherness. And it's just so beautiful, you know, it's like, because codependency actually doesn't benefit anyone. Mm. And imagining that you can like, fix someone else's sadness or whatever. Or they can fix yours. Or they can fix yours. Like, those things those things aren't real, you know? Yeah. And But I also yeah. think, sorry, and this is like a complete deviation, and I do think it's important to also mention, mm. for me anyway, because it's been an interesting conversation that we've had and that I've had with people who are close to me, mm. is that I have also gone on Prozac this year. Mm. And I think I, I Well, towards to, the later part of the year, right? The so maybe, year. yeah. And I did have to hit like another version of rock bottom to go to the doctor and be like, okay, I need, I need help. Mm. And I think what's been fascinating for me is actually I've been much better on yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So also there's a whole multitude as always of things that are happening at any given point in time within a, within a household and, and within one, yourself and within yourself. Um, and one of those big things for me has been just a, a kind of a, a re-engagement with my mental health. Sure. I've been on antidepressants before, mm. but now to then circle back and then say, okay, fine, I need them now. And then you you ask me the question once, so what does this mean long-term? Mm. And like just have all of those kinds of conversations and have the conversation so alive mm. in my relationship with Joey mm. has also been really interesting. Yeah, so. I hear that. Um, I hope this friend of mine won't mind me um, relaying this, but she... Um, she was struggling a little bit emotionally and she, um, you know, she'd been, um, antidepressants had been recommended, right, by her GP and then by a psychologist and then, um, you know, she kept saying, you know, we live in a society where we get medicated for everything. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that. So she was quite clear about that. And eventually, I can't remember exactly how the story goes, but she went to see a psychiatrist to, because she said she wants to understand why, why is this being recommended? And she said that it was so helpful to listen to the explanation in this kind of detailed um, fashion, which was really about biology and way and less about emotions mm. and neurologically, mm. exactly. And hormonally as well, I'm sure. Yes. Mm. And this person, um, this psychiatrist said to her that sometimes when you become... Not sometimes. She said, when you become a mother and in early pregnancy, there's so much that's happening. Your 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 brain. She said they can now look at scans of the brain and tell if someone is pregnant. Um, because but it also changes for life as well. So it changes for life. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so she was saying that often what happens is something happens to you or happens could happen to the baby or even if you're still pregnant could happen to the fetus whatever it might be and you you're almost in a kind of survival mode yeah and your reactions are sometimes heightened because of this particular space that you're in but she says then with time um what the body does is it kind of realigns so it never quite goes back to pre-pregnancy 
um, but it does it does realign in a way where your brain again learns what is appropriate, what is an appropriate emotional response, sure, right? Sure. So you don't overreact, sure. which very much feeds into what you're saying now about saying uh, around going on Prozac, because you mm. you know what she was saying was the antidepressants help reteach your brain this is an appropriate response to this situation. This is actually not an appropriate response because the bottle fell off the table and now there's milk everywhere. The world isn't ending. And I mean, I just, I'm still fascinated by that explanation and I I hope that I'm not retelling it in an untrue way or kind of miss, you know. um, Something crucial. Exactly. But um, that's kind of the gist of it. And I, I was very, very taken by it because it's just incredible, like, what happens for women. And these things actually don't happen for men ever. No. There isn't. And it, we go through it multiple times in our lives. Exactly. So um, going into prepubescence is, yeah. or puberty is a huge thing, a huge shift neurologically. And then this happens and then menopause is another huge shift, right? Yeah. But I think um, what the, one of the things yeah. that I want to say is that just thinking through... So what? Been, I've been on Prozac now since the end of September. It's now almost two, three months. Yeah. Right. Um, and what's been interesting for me is thinking, as you say, back to specific reactions that I've had to things, mm-hmm. and realizing that they were so out there. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even explain to you the like the levels of rage that I felt like wash over me, where I am angry, mm-hmm. but about something that isn't. And you can also, you like, if you're an intelligent person, you can intellectualize anything. So yeah. you can say and rationalize why I'm pissed off about yeah. this particular thing. And what's been fascinating is also then watching, specifically, if I have to be frank, my husband mm. respond to me about specific things. Mm. And then my response to him about something that would have been a huge fucking issue, mm. like four or five months ago. Mm. And now I'm like, oh, okay, no, no, no and he's like waiting for the bomb to go off and, and he's like no bomb. he's like this is weird like are you okay like this is weird I didn't want to talk to you about this thing because I knew that this is where you were going to go and I'm and I'm not saying that um, I'm not accepting all accountability for our lows mm. i.e. it's my mental health and it's been you know just me being erratic or my pregnancies or whatever yes, the case yes. is but I am saying that like shit it has been such an eye opener for me mm. And it's been it's been a relief. I feel like sure. I feel relieved, you know. No, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to go to a tea party. Oh, that's lovely. Just you and I. No. Please. No. Why are you even saying no? Hmm. Huh? Hey? doing now? Breaking all. Breaking my iPad. Okay, so perhaps this is a nice time to swing to how to do the holidays. I'm not relieved about that, though. No. <laughs> Although we do have an itinerary, though. no relief. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so I, maybe you, you want to talk about because you are actually so amazing at making like oh, these, these kinds of mem- memories. Um, you went off and bought a fucking Christmas tree. You've been collecting Christmas decorations. You buy really nice, she bought a salmon, guys, a whole fucking salmon and a whole lamb. And she like gets them cut up and like does really interesting meals. But it's true. And here I am out in these streets. My kids are not even with me. They're with my mother-in-law. I'm like 
Christmas tree for where? For who? What must I do? Can we use the rose bush outside? And I really want to be that person, but I just can't bring myself. So, yes, maybe you can you give us some You are so more. funny. What was Christmas like for you, like, as a kid? Were you, like, big into Christmas? Well, this is what I was actually going to say to you, was that... Um, you know, last year, so, okay, last year we moved here in Feb. Yeah. Um, and I, there was so much going on for me around, um, I felt very ill-prepared the whole year. Everything, I felt like I was on the back foot sure, with sure, sure. absolutely everything. Sure. I think I'm a little bit better this year. I'm still late as fuck with gifts. Like, catch me two weeks later, sometimes a month. I know it must happen. I know, but like... I, it's one of those, yeah. So last year there were more of those kinds of things. This year they're less. Last year, at the end of the year, I said that I really wanted to, I grew up in quite a religious household and, and quite a conservative household, actually. And yeah, I think I'm really seeing the repercussions of that in my own life now, um, both as a parent and otherwise. But anyway, <laughs> fun story times. for another day. Story for another day. <laughs> Um, the point is that I, for a long time, I was very unsure about what kinds of religious celebrations, events, I wanted Tao to know about, right? And when Tao was born, his dad and I, or not even when he was born, but when I was still pregnant, we spoke about like, what do we want for him? Da, da, da. His dad was quite vehement that he didn't want him kind of having a Christian upbringing. I didn't really feel like I had an actual feeling about it. So Tao wasn't baptized, he was, but also because we were so chaotic, we didn't do kind of uh, meaningful rituals that I really, really wanted for him. So, so would you have baptized him? Well, I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do like a church baptism in that kind of conventional way, but right. I, remember, I wanted the naming ceremony. Yeah. I thought that maybe even a slightly unconventional baptism with friends and family, like on the beach or something like that. I wanted it so much for him. Yeah. And honestly, we couldn't pull it together. Yeah. He, his dad and I, we could not pull it together to the point where, you know, still now it's a conversation. I am now at the point where I'm like, actually, you know, uh, like we have close friends who've just adopted another little girl and we were having a conversation about should we do a joint thing? And I said, I'd chat with his dad also and just kind of get uh, way in and cons- con- not consent. What is it? Just consensus on various things. Mm. But I feel like this is important because what baptism is, is about saying this child is part of a community of faith. It is a a Christian religious community, granted, and that that has been my reluctance to go with a more kind of conventional church situation. But that being said, you know, I do think if it is considered and we make some choices around how we want that to look, I don't see why it can't happen. Because for me, the idea of it, which is about saying this part, this child is part of this community and this community loves this child and will look out for this child and will also look out for you as a parent, then I that is something that I actually do subscribe to as a person. For me, that is another version of what Nukulinda was speaking about in terms of community and how like cultural values in her community, you know? So, and for me, those are the things that I'm like, I don't know if these things have to be, you know, we have to like think this shit into the ground like this. Like some of it is important to you and you can say these things are important to me. So I say all of that to say this year, I was like, cool, maybe what I can do is, is endeavor to find a, like a faith community that makes sense to me and to Tao 
where we feel seen, where we feel um, we can relate to some of what goes on in there. Faith communities, like any cultural iteration or community, they're not perfect. They're full of weird shit. Absolutely. So I think for me, having grown up in something that was like, very specific. I think it took me many years to get to this point. So at the be- like towards the end of last year, I really was there and I was like, cool, this year we're going to do things. We're going to try and do more church and just at least see what that's about. I remember. Um, yeah. Explore some of that in Joburg. And not because I feel like, ooh, Jesus, praise Jesus, because I'm just like, actually that's something I know. I can start from a place that I know and I can mm. move forward. I don't mm. have to like beat myself up mm. about it. And so also with Christmas this year, we're not going home to Cape Town. And so we're essentially not falling into the existing rituals of family mm. um, or our family there anyway. And so, yeah, so I had to think about what is it? What is it that I want out to see and experience during this time? Yeah, I just, I think those things are actually important to me. And I'm just, I'm just over being like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. Like, is this, is this acceptable in our like super cosmopolitan generation? Is this, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying that's how it actually works in our heads, but I think there's a lot of that low key stuff that runs. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So we do have a Christmas tree. We had a small Christmas tree last year and this year I was invested in getting a proper Christmas tree and we got more trimmings and we set it all up together and, and did played. he enjoy it he loved it we played carols Aww. and yeah it was actually very sweet every year i say i'm gonna buy a christmas tree and every year i don't okay sorry but that's the story <laughs> that we'll cover now <sighs> perhaps the most fitting time to really i don't knock this back to you <laughs> sans christmas tree where's mariah where's Bonnie M? <laughs> there's nothing happening in this house man i just find them so deeply expensive well you have it forever i know okay so so last year it's like 5.99 no I, the one that i want is not right you don't have to be this person it is up for a month a year it is for your children it is actually not for you i know but the one that i want is so beautiful wow. anyway okay now i do hear you but you know that joey and i like nice things so this is always a problem but needless to say so the point is is that last year we were living in our smaller house yes. we had our salaries had finally settled into like oh we can afford nicer little things and whatever and i felt like i could spend the money on like i couldn't spend it on the christmas tree but i could spend the money on buying all the people gifts because you must remember he's got yes. three th- joey's got three families i have three families so it's six families in total and we've got a large group of friends sure and most of our friends are having kids yes so we, i made a list i think it came up to about 50 people we went through I that remember. list I, remember. I bought with relish i thoroughly enjoyed it i know um i will circle back to that eventually and then we had like a christmas eve thing which was wonderful where we set up a whole like long table down mm-hmm. our driveway mm-hmm. and my, we used all my mother's christmas trimmings and like literally made it very festive and so beautiful mm-hmm. and it was wonderful and i think that the christmas eve thing is a thing that we will continue as sure. a tradition because it works for us but i don't know i feel like one it's a lot of effort and two it's a lot of money so i'm now rethinking these things like maybe for adults you do a secret santa remember i mm-hmm. talked talk to you about it so as a group of girls maybe pull one person's ha- name mm. out of the hat and then that's who you buy for mm. and then for the kids you buy for everybody mm. kids under five or under eight or under 12 or whatever mm. whatever the standard is right um and i just feel like you can probably be a little bit more circumspect about your spending over that period of time mm. and that's where i'm at but i do also i think that you're right about so i don't 
and I was going to call it hang-ups. It's really not hang-ups. I was going to say, I don't have that Christian hang-ups. It's not a hang-up. No, no, but it's true. You don't. You just I really don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, Christmas and this period of time is really about one downtime, two, spending a significant amount of time with family, mm. three, like the kids and like just opening up the pool. And it doesn't have to be like big things, but like opening up the pool for the day, mm. having a bri, allowing your kids to run around like crazy you know like whatever that may look like for you um i used to spend a significant i used to spend most of my christmases between my two grandparents and the christmases were quite different so white family mm. lunch was done in an hour an hour and a half mm, mm. um and then for the rest you just hang out and we would play cricket or action cricket on the yeah. on, on in the garden or we were in Nisna, um, and not the privileged kind of Nisna. My grandparents had a bird hospital in Nisna, mm. and that was amazing because we would like literally living in the foresters' villages wow. in those like log cabins, mm. and we would that's where we we would go on long walks. We would come back. It was very nature oriented. Mm. We'd ride our bikes. Or I'd be in Mangeta in Wazulu mm. Natal with my cutted family, and that was where I learned like all the stuff that you're talking about with Christmas that kind of resonates with more longer lunches, mm. always two or three curries on the on the table and a roast and a, and a, and a laden tables, mm. um, long lunches, and then like I remember just playing cops and robbers in the mango trees, mm. you know, like so like <laughs> both wonderful memories, yeah. and I want those things for my kids, and I think that for me, my thing is. My kids are not growing up with that level of space, that level of access to nature, where nature is such an uh, integral part of your life, and that's more my sadness. Mm. Less around like going to church. Oh, we did do midnight mass though with my, uh, paternal, my, my paternal family. So we would go to midnight mass, and I really loved that. Mm. So I wouldn't mind doing something like that for, yeah. for Akani, you know, but, uh, and, and, and Amu. But it's really like, I don't have that kind of like, it's not religious for me. I don't really see it that way. So, but I do hear yeah. you around like it's a time for community and a time for mm. for family. No, I mean it's. Certainly... I also wouldn't mind doing more service, like a time for yeah. service. I mean, yeah, I don't know sure. In what yeah. ways? Mm. But those are the kinds of things that resonate for me. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, we would. I mean, very similar to what you've just said. Time with family, all of that kind of stuff. We also used to do midnight mass, like when we were older. We started I love doing that. Midnight that was really mass. fun. Yeah. Did you go all the way into town and see that beautiful church? Um, What's the one in Cape Town, that beautiful one? St. George's. Yeah. Maybe once or twice, but we also, like, the congregation that we attended growing up, we would go there for, like, okay. a, the Christmas Eve service, which was, like, literally Christmas Eve, but then... I remember a few years we'd go to like the Catholic service, which they did the midnight mass. Yeah. So, you know, just like playing yeah. around with the different. But I think I think what's interesting is that that Tao is growing up so differently. Mm. And yeah, just like thinking about that as a what are the things that I want for him to experience, mm. you know, um, I don't know. I do actually think I could go the full hall. And like I was talking to my mom about like making really beautiful Shangan fabric uh, Christmas stockings. Oh, you sweet. know, for the kids and then for ourselves as well and for Joey's family. Mm. Like just for the like our immediate family, if you want to call it that, mm. or immediate extended family. Mm. Um, and I feel like I could I could potentially do that. Mm. I just think that I also feel as though I one, I don't want to set an expectation and then that's what we stick to and then it becomes a ritual and becomes so, mm. as you say, driven and dogmatic by the mm. matriarch in the family, i.e. yourself. 
Like, no, we always have a gammon. We're sure. going to have a gammon, even if it's 300 rand for the gammon, you know, sure. whatever the case is, whatever, whatever that looks like. I also mm. feel like there should be a level of fluidity. So this mm. year we've moved into this house, we've renovated. I am tired. I have a small child, mm. a baby with Amor. I'm not sleeping through the night, mostly. Mm. So this year is going to be a little bit, it's going to be Christmas light. And mm. everyone needs to just come to the Absolutely, party. Babe. You That's know, and next is. year we can maybe invest a little bit more time and a little bit more thought into what mm. that looks like and more money because, yeah, it is. It's there's a lot. Yeah. Hi, I'm sick. Hello, Tommy. I'm sick. You do it, Tommy. I love eating garbage trucks. They take a rubbish. Why do they take rubbish and cans? I love police cars. No, they're making toys with it. They catch baddies. Otherwise, oh. <laughs> and my mama, you mommy. Yo, mommy, yo, mommy. So I found this thing, which I just wanted to share. This is this article that you were telling me about before we started. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I thought it was so interesting. And it's by, her name is Dr. Laura Markham. And I, I follow her on Instagram. I also signed up for these weekly kind of newsletters. The theme, you know, it says the number one holiday survival skills or kit or whatever. And the, the number one holiday survival skill for parents manage your own well-being hey. right amen and then um her just a quote from her she says she she says my memories of christmas as a child are of stress my mother wanted everything to be perfect and got so worked up trying to do it all <laughs> exactly. yeah that it made the rest of the family crazy i remember my dad comforting me when i was eight years old i was crying and i said i hate christmas and he said me i too. do too <laughs> oh, we just have to get through it God. And I how know. many households become like that? How many households become like that? Oh my God. It's unbelievable. It's so true. Yep. I know. So wait, so this is just bringing me back, sorry, to this idea of like, you set the expectation and if you don't, if you don't apply a level of flexibility, you end up in tears. Absolutely. Like somebody is comforting somebody. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's such a, and nine times out of Somebody's ten, people comforting. speak about going back home for Christmas as such a stressful time because that's yeah. exactly what it is. Like, it's always stressful, you know? So it is. That is what it is. And actually, you know, us not going home this year had to do with a bunch of different things, mostly financial. I think, you know, around Christmas, there's also this assumption that there are bonuses, 13th checks that, you know, and actually, I don't actually think we live in a society anymore where that kind of money can now get plowed directly into like, you know, two weeks. Exactly. Brides and, and booze and gammons and, you know, it's like their school fees coming up. So I think we're just in a particularly tricky time mm. of our lives also. And I'm just, I'm also just not going to apologize for that anymore. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm just like, we do what we can. And I think it's important that we show like generosity and dare I say, good fucking cheer through the year, yeah. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> So I just, I thought that some of these little bullet points that she also put down was super helpful okay, so and I want to read them out. Mm -hmm. So give up on perfection and accept that real parents get reality holidays. I struggle with this one. Hands up. Complete with messy kitchens, cranky kids and events that you can't get to because somebody needs a nap. Number two. <laughs> 
Pare back your schedule to do only the essentials. Just say no to whatever doesn't bring you joy. Focus on family connection rather than shopping or events. Mm, mm. Make sure you nurture yourself and stay in balance. Start by trying to get sleep. Mm-hmm. Be sure that your own expectations of the season are reasonable, which mm-hmm. we know is such a big thing. We all, in South Africa, come the 16th, I mean, come the 1st of December, ke December. Like, yes. everybody knows it, right? Yes. The minute your mood veers from loving to frenzied, stop, hug your children, and regroup. <laughs> Find ways to laugh at what will inevitably go wrong. Count your blessings and say thank you for everything good in your life every day. And lastly, pat yourself on the back and congratulate yourself on a job well done, not just in December, but all, all year long. All year long. Yeah. And I just thought, like, just so useful, yeah. right? And like, yeah. really simple. But I mean, I get quite frazzled, I think, when I'm home because. Because I don't have a base there anymore, I I struggle a bit to find the base. And you then, can't regroup, babe. And that's I think that that's the fundamental thing. I can't regroup. Yeah. And then there there are too many other parents. Yeah. So so there's just too much going on. There's yeah. there's the actual other parent. Yeah. There's my partner who yeah. essentially does co-parent with me. Shit. There is my parents who are grandparents, but, but also not together. Also not together. Yeah. So they're not co they're not co-parenting or co-grandparenting as a unit. No. As a, yeah, it's a lot. It's a hell of a lot. So speaking about like self-care during this time as a family. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I put up on my stories recently was by shrink.mama. Do you remember? Yes. And I love that. And I really, really want to steer like people to her, like follow her on Instagram. Like it was amazing. So she speaks about self-care for families and she breaks it down into emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, practical, and social. Mm -hmm. And then just gives you like some ideas of things that you can do, like right from playing cards with your kids. Our kids are too young. I can't wait for board games to become a thing. I'm buying board games this year. I have board games. I started buying. I know. Just start buying every year, like one and then storing it somewhere. I can't wait for board games to become a thing. Mm. Um, But like playing cards or board games or watching a film or just like having a meal, having a tea party. Agani's like super into tea parties at the moment. I think it's really sweet. So like, yeah, I really like that. And I think that like, yeah, the more self-care for yourself as a mom or dad, Mm. the the more self-care for families as a whole, the better. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so wait. So last thing before we need to like jump off and go off and do our various different lives is we've been getting some feedback from people that we thought we could just chat about quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like oodles of feedback, um, but nonetheless, it's the, the one big one that has resonated with me that I thought we could have a quick convo about was men. Do we have men on MWA or do we not? Is it a policy or is it not a policy? Are we angry at men? Are men trash? Are men mediocre? Blah, blah, blah. We're not going to speak about the last two, but you know what I mean? Do we have men on MWA? Derelene, do you want to answer? Well, I mean, Kath and I decided to start this forum essentially because of conversations that we were having with each other with friends and mostly with each other and we just thought we could open this up we could do more with it right Mm -hmm. and we weren't necessarily having those conversations with men i think we have some conversations with our partners or men in our lives Mm -hmm. but we didn't really want for that to be made a focal point of this platform Mm -hmm. so no i mean we don't hate men we 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 shuffle along Uh, (laughs) (sighs) 
Okay. <laughs> Take a um, breath. <laughs> but we, um, I mean, I think we are genuinely in a world where, hands down, you know, we we live in these kind of patriarchal norms. I think we just wanted to do something that was ours and that was kind of woman-led. Just not like about men, you know? And I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you want to jump in here. I don't feel like we really need to apologize for that um we've had some conversations around how and where we might think it be how it might be interesting to incorporate men but i think that would, those would be very specific instances yeah, yeah so i think so for, i agreed with everything that you've said um we certainly do not hate men we're trying to raise hmm. men and we are in relationships with men um in various different capacities but i totally agree with you i think that we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy thinking about or thinking through men in one way shape or form i.e living in a patriarchal space so mm. for me it's i hate to say it but i'm i don't want to fetishize it i'm not really interested sure. men must parent the way that they parent fatherhood is a project that i am only interested in relation to my kids and myself being uh, my father if i feel as though if this is something that opens up a conversation among other fathers to start their own podcast mm -hmm. i would wholly support that and i think that that's amazing mm -hmm. and wonderful mm -hmm. but for me in any case i've said i, I was chatting to joey about it and saying it would also be deeply unfair to have a dad come on the show and then have what speak for all dads. Mm. Um, it's not representative. It's not Absolutely. particularly interesting for me. Mm. So yeah, so I mm. think I, I agree with you. I'm not necessarily saying never, but it would have to be, as we say, quite deliberate and quite thought through and like, you know, like, mm. okay, cool. Mm. This is this person. We've chosen this person for these reasons. Yeah. And yeah. also, I suppose to say, you know, to chuck a polemic in there, not really interested. Yeah. Like, we're just not and that's fine yeah absolutely yeah. totally agree and then okay so then the other thing that we get some level of engagement or no, not engagement but like in the social media obsessed world that we live in is what how Kathleen's do we... trying to say is that she's obsessed with social media i totally am but it's a new <laughs> obsession guys i was never on instagram before <laughs> sometime this year when i started an instagram account well i was for a brief moment of time like many many years ago and then cancelled my instagram account and then moved over to twitter and now i can't stand twitter and i'm back on instagram and i'm having this torrid affair with instagram and i absolutely love it i love that fitting description torrid but one of the things that we have been asked about is how do we engage with you, Daryline? I know that you don't like this because you start to roll your eyes a little bit and start to twitch. Like it's another thing we have to take on. But do you want to speak about it, Dee? Dee doesn't want to speak about no, it. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm happy to say 20. Happy 2020. <laughs> no, go, go. Tell the viewers. Jokes, jokes. The listeners. Welcome back to my channel. <laughs> Okay, no, so one of the things that we are going to endeavor to do... Well, my, we are doing it, and we are doing it. ...is we will be better on Insta, and we have started an Instagram account for Mothers with Ad Mamas with Attitude. It's Mamas underscore with underscore attitude. And we will put stuff on as and when we need to. And if you have any questions or would like to engage or would like to suggest a topic or would like to suggest yourself as a topic or a speaker or whatever that may be, then that would be where you could potentially do it. Yeah. So we create a more informative and experiential experience. 
Shame. Really? It's the end of the year. Whatever. Okay. But that's it from us, and we've got some really exciting mm. people planned for next year. We're super excited for MWA for next year. Yeah. 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 Have a wonderful festive season. Yeah. And may 2020 be. It's a new decade. It is a new decade. Just a gentle and beautiful entry into the year that we yeah. hope will be filled with lots and lots of adventures from which you'll just go and have fun. And absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Signing off. Hey, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 attitude. The same way I immersed myself in my career. Yeah. You've now immersed yourself in motherhood. I've now immersed myself in motherhood. Mommy the bounce. Mommy the bounce. Is mama's a Weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and form. Mama, mama, mama. <laughs> no, actually, seriously, on a serious note, it's it's been really dope. Thank you. Okay, bye. Mama, 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 mama. 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 Attitude.